Like I just went and talked to a, a, a mother's son yesterday, and the son's a drug addict, and the mother's a total enabler. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not the greatest place like where they live. You know, it's just it was kind of uncomfortable, but not for me because I'd have been in places like that a lot in my yeah. life. And it's just like, who's gonna be fighting for these people? Mm-hmm. Country talking. Kind of backwoods, like mm-hmm. the, the the segment of society that a lot of suburbanites in Chicago mm-hmm. wouldn't even associate with, and don't even want to be around. But Jesus died for them people, yep. so who's gonna be the one that's gonna go minister yeah. to them? And it's like, why not? Me? Yeah, why not? I'm nothing like them, in a sense, mm-hmm. but I'm everything just like them at the same time. <laughs> so it's like, why yeah. not me? Yeah. And so that's that's yeah. great, man. I, I love that. So I embrace, love that, embrace that suffering. That's my third one. To another edition of Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Lewis Dooley. I got my brother Sam Key right here. What's up, my brother? I'm doing pretty well, except I'm worried about you because you have no coffee or no juice, no, no yeah. juice box. Today. You know what, man? I'm juiceless today. You know, which which is cool, which is cool. You know, we got some some new things we're doing this morning. I got a different mic, which yeah. um yeah. Got a different mic today. Uh, we'll have another different mic, and me and Sam will be kind of matching. Um yeah, and hopefully so, we'll um, get some guests on, and uh, that's kind of our goal for the new year, right? Yes, yes, that's a good New Year's goal that you guys are praying for. We got a long list of potential people. Yeah, um, they don't know their potential people no, yet. They don't. But this, let me tell you something. This dude Sam, boy, he don't bar none. I mean, he I seen some of them names like Sam. Are you for real? I'm like, shoot your shot, then, brother. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. All they can do is say no. Yeah. So we might have some people that's got like some noteworthiness or some fame to them, if mm-hmm. you will, in the Christian <laughs> world. So if that's the case, man, like praise the Lord. And if not, we just have some regular Joe Schmoes like us on here and just <laughs> kick back. And uh, it is what it is. So man, yeah. we got another exciting topic today. At least I think we're both excited about it. I've been excited about it for a few weeks, but then we kind of. Uh uh, took a step back with our episode last week. Yeah, getting naked, man. We started yeah. dropping our draws, you know. And yeah, so, with our spin the Bible episode. Yeah. So anyway, this topic of the day, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, last week it was what's wrong with us. Yeah. In order that we can now ask the question, what's wrong with the church? Ooh. What's wrong with uh, the evangelical church churches that we're kind of used to going to. Okay, so we're right? not talking like what's wrong with the denominational churches. That's like that could be like a whole yeah. other topic of discussion, yeah, right? Be. We're just talking about non-denom. Well, not necessarily non-denominational churches, but like you said, church experiences that we've had yeah. in our own life. And so this is gonna be dicey this morning because because <laughs> I only got a handful of things, but I really got like a long laundry list. And so I, I picked out like my top five. Yeah. And I think Sam did too. So we're going to chop it up about that today, y'all. Yeah, and we haven't shared these with each other ahead of time. We haven't. So it'll be interesting how much they cross over or not. So um, without further ado. You want to start? um, Sure, I'll start. So this first topic for me is something that I feel like a lot of our listeners can probably relate to. 
But I know a whole lot more people that aren't listeners that can totally relate to this because of the story. So many stories that I've heard from people. And it's basically this. We don't get any like shepherding or love from the mm. church because it's gotten too big. Mm. So big church problems. Mm-hmm. And so there, there could be, you know, there's problems with all sides of the churches. But for for example, um, there's a rather large church um, in the Chicagoland area that has multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. And just recently, it's just a recent story, like maybe 10 days mm-hmm. ago or maybe like not even that. Like, yeah, anyway, wow. this guy and his wife, they are members. Mm-hmm. So not just going to a church. They went to membership class. They all the whole nine are members of the church. Both of them serve faithfully every week in different ministries on a Sunday morning. And my friend just told me the other day, the husband, that they haven't heard anything from anybody at the church since before COVID. Hmm. Like, nobody's called to check up on them, see how they're doing, any of that kind of stuff. And honestly, I was blown away because this... Because they haven't attended physically? No, they've been attending. Oh, they have been. They have been. Well, so... So yeah, they they have been since COVID, okay. yeah. you know, since the church opened up, yeah. which yeah. has been quite a while yeah. now that it's opened up. But um, during COVID, <clears throat> nobody's contacted yeah. them, and because nobody contacted them during COVID, they start going back a little bit. But this little small church mm-hmm. right down the street from their house, mm-hmm. they started attending there now. Mm-hmm. So they're not attending the bigger church anymore. And he said the pastor of that church, who is um, not American, like. Every week is coming knocking on the door, checking wow. on them, you know. So that's so endearing, wow. and, and you really can't do that if you have any size mm-hmm. like people in the congregation. Mm-hmm. You can't go door to door knocking on everybody's door. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really struck me because one of the things he also said was one of the pastors at the church he thought they were friends, you know, wow. like they go to lunch yeah. together, hang out together. He to this at least to this conversation, which is about a week ago, hasn't heard from this guy since pre COVID. Mm-hmm. And he's seen him a few times when they went back to church and the guy like didn't acknowledge him. He's emailed and called the guy. The guy has an email, mm-hmm. called him back. And so my first my first response ever listening to him was church done got too big. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start getting so many people, how can uh, staff, which, you know, that, that may be problematic in itself mm-hmm. using the word staff. But how can the shepherds mm-hmm. um, in a church, how can they really shepherd when you got maybe a thousand, two thousand, mm-hmm. three thousand people that are attending the church. You know, it seems pretty impossible to do that. And so the thing that the takeaway that came out of it for him was he said, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset or anything like that. And I said, well man, you a better man than me. Because <laughs> I would be upset and I'd be a little bit angry. And he said, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> you know, so that's going first, right? Yeah. You know, I had to put it out to this how I'm going to feel. Yeah. And that, get, that, that made him feel comfortable with saying, yeah, you know, I actually do feel that way. And he was like, you know, we're just going to stay away. And I said, well, look, here's a couple of things I'd like to, to say to you because I, I'm really acquainted with this particular church. Mm-hmm. And I said, one, I don't think that's their heart. So mm-hmm. don't take it personal that this situation yeah. has happened. Uh, because it's times like this where the enemy wants to step in. He wants to like really misconstrue things and like divide mm-hmm. and give a bad taste in the person's mouth. So, so one, no, I know that's not their heart that they want this to happen. And I said, two, if you don't make the church aware of this and you don't make this particular pastor aware of this, if they do care and it kind of slipped through the cracks, they're going to want to know. Mm-hmm. Because I know the leadership at the church and I know the particular pastor that he's talking about. And I said, I know these people want to know. 
because that's not their heart. Yeah. So the tour connected. I said, if you don't say anything, you know, maybe there's some problems going on that that nobody knows yeah. about or that needs yeah. to be addressed. And by you not saying anything, you're not helping the church. You're actually hurting yeah. the church and hurting this pastor at the church. And he was kind of like, why? He's kind of blown away. And I said, look, I know it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. but there needs to be some forgiveness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if a person doesn't ask for it, we need to be willing mm-hmm. to forgive our brothers and sisters. Um, but I think, in my opinion, what the best thing to do would be is to, like, make them aware mm-hmm. of what's going on so they can kind of tighten things well, up. Well, the church, the church, as and as we're talking about the church, we need to keep in mind that the church is the bride of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So, in a sense, all of these things that we're saying, we're talking about someone else's wife. Correct, correct. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, temp, trying to temper our conversation with that. But, like, in a marriage relationship, you're exactly right, like... So that the husband didn't, and I'm kind of mixing the metaphor, but so the husband didn't um, notice that the the bride was suffering, right? Mm -hmm. That his bride was suffering. Yeah. Well, what what can she do? Like you said, she can make him aware of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Or she could divorce him. Yeah. Which essentially is kind of what has happened. They yeah. kind of divorced themselves from that church and start going to another church. But before you do that, like you said... Yeah, like have a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. Don't don't let our bitterness and our hurtfulness and our anger like keep us from doing what I think is the right thing. So using that metaphor though, like in this case, the 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 church is too big, right? So the, the husband, the husband, and the, the pa- pastor and the staff have way too many activities going on, and they're neglecting their mm-hmm. they're neglecting their wife, mm-hmm. right? Or, or the shepherd's off doing all these other things. Yeah. And so, I, so I, I think that yeah. <clears throat> another aspect. That's a big problem. I think another aspect is, and I don't know how this is related to the church being too big directly, but I think indirectly is this. As a church and as a leadership at a church, you can't control how many people are coming. If only 10 people come, that's all that comes. If 10,000 comes, even if they're standing room only and the foundation is about to sink, mm-hmm. you can't control that, right? People mm-hmm. are going to, as long as it's a public space that's open for people to come. And so I think that that's not the norm, right? One week there's 10, the next week there's 10,000. Yeah. Unless you like yeah. giving away Maseratis or something. Yeah. I'm first in line. <laughs> um, but as you see growth happening, I think one thing that can be often overlooked is that a church, as it's growing, so that it doesn't get too big where it can't shepherd, mm-hmm. that you start training and raising up other shepherds. Yeah, They may not be a staff person because maybe yeah. there are some other unique roles that God has called mm-hmm. a staff shepherd to mm-hmm. that a lay leader, you know, shepherd mm-hmm. wouldn't be a staff. Yep. But start yep. really focusing on that because I that's got to be, I can't come up with, I want to say it's the only answer, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's not the only answer because you can cut it off at a number and then you can maybe go start mm-hmm. another church. So that now it's not too big to where you had to keep raising up mm-hmm. these lay leaders. Because, again, you can't make people do something. So I think that that's something that really needs to be focused mm-hmm. on. If the if the church is growing and getting, quote, unquote, what I call too big, mm-hmm. your one of your main priorities would need to be identifying key godly men and mm-hmm. women to be shepherds in the church yep. that can, that, you know, so like this staff pastor who didn't call. My my mm-hmm. friend, a couple, um, some lay person like them in the church, yep. but they're in a, a different role that the church mm-hmm. has recognized them for and trained mm-hmm. them how to do. They would get a call from them, mm-hmm. you know, and so that to me was satisfied. Yeah. Um, what's lacking in this situation? Yep. 
that goes to something on my list. Uh, I'll kick it off. Flows right into it, and um, it, it's well. I call it um, mere Christianity. <laughs> C.S. Lewis called mm. called it that first, right? Okay, all right? But like, we need to get back to mere Christianity. Uh, and the title of his book didn't doesn't mean like, oh, it's it's just it's just Christianity. That's all. Uh, but he was saying, no, let's get back to the basics of doctrine, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. what we can all agree on. Yeah, foundational truth. And I want to use it and twist it slightly a different way again Uh-oh. and say we need to get back to mere Christianity in the church in that we just need to get back to what the church is supposed to do mm. and forget about doing all these other – forget about trying to be – culturally relevant mm, okay or now i'm not saying we shouldn't speak to cultural issues that's another one on my list mm, okay but i'm saying that like we're so infatuated with looking cool have being flashy having the best thing having experts do everything and this mm. relates to what you were talking about like and 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 we're we've gotten away from um doing what the church does preaching the word Given the sacraments, mm-hmm. you know, baptism, the Lord's table, yeah. all of that. Amen. And then equipping lay people to do the work of ministry. That's right. Because That's we're right. so infatuated, especially in bigger contexts, with no, you have to be an expert to go do these things. Yeah. You have to have an expert youth pastor. Yeah. What college or seminary raise your you go kids. to? Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to have experts on all these levels. And, and because we're afraid of equipping the saints, equipping just the ordinary people. And yes, they'll mess up. And yes, their mess ups will probably drive some people away or drive some people crazy. But at least, uh, at least we're growing. At least that mm-hmm. people are getting attended to. At least we're shooting in the right direction. So we need to get back to mere Christianity, um, preaching the word. Um, I just think our culture has a thirst for it because, I mean, we can get all these other flashy felt needs met. Mm-hmm. All the video stuff, all the cool stuff everywhere else in our lives, uh, mm-hmm. probably on our phones too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we can't get is the uh, people gathered together to hear someone preach the Bible and to get these doctrines and to see baptisms, to see um, child dedications, to yeah. all of that. One of the things that I've heard people mention a lot over the years since I've been out of prison, because I never heard about this stuff before, is doing church excellently. Mm. And don't we owe it to our God to be excellent mm. at everything that we do? And it's hard to argue against that. But what we have to do is define excellence. Yeah, exactly. You're assuming one definition of excellence. Yeah, and and exactly right. And what I find out is that in the context in which these people, and there's been many that's talked about being excellent, Mm -hmm. it's talking about have the latest, greatest everything, whether it be Mm -hmm. tech, whether it be the way you dress, whether it be Mm -hmm. the coolest cafe in the church, like all these cultural, hip, trendy things. And like a lot of the, like you just said, a lot of these add-ons, I like to call them, is taken away from the the core components, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the mm-hmm. preaching of the word, the sacraments mm-hmm. of the table, um, the the true worship mm-hmm. where we can usher in the presence of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like the latest greatest speakers and tech and smoke and mirrors and all yeah. that. You know, everybody dancing in yeah. sync like the Backstreet Boys yeah. or something. That Christian hop that yeah. I call it. Everybody, every church you see <laughs> from the top, you know, hill songs and all these really like this. They got your hipsters. Hop. Yeah, yeah. It's like like there, there's nothing wrong with that, but it yeah. doesn't have to be that. No. And I think 
there's certain churches that are in areas of our country that are kind of leading the way in these things and all these other churches are kind of being drawn magnetically mm-hmm. to them because they see the numbers mm-hmm. you know it's about numbers it's about numbers yeah. and we need numbers why because numbers equal money mm-hmm. why do we need money because we want to have a big church and we want to have the latest greatest of everything so you know all the stuff gets lost the people get yeah. lost the sheep get lost when uh, probably what do you think god's definition of excellence is Probably struggling people trying yeah, to I do would, their best. Yep, I would say humility. Right? Humility. You know, excellence yep. for God is humility. Yep. Like coming and yeah. being humble. And doesn't matter how good yeah. you can sing, but sing. Yep. Doesn't matter if there's any instruments or one or two. Yep. Like, let's dig in. These people worship me with their lips, but their hearts mm-hmm. aren't behind it. Mm-hmm. He said. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Bro. So let's. Uh, that's a new definition. So that of that kind of leaves. I'm, I'm, yeah. No. I'm so done. That, that so Christianity. My, my next one is yeah. worship. <laughs> yeah. You know, and how, you know, my my context of church started in 1994 mm-hmm. when I was in a maximum security prison. Mm-hmm. So I had no context before then, and mm-hmm. I was just turned 20 years old. And when I got out of prison 15 and a half years later, I was kind of blown away by many things, right? And wow. some and some of it was because the context of where I went to church and what I learned yeah. about church. So I had a huge um, growth spurt when it comes <laughs> to like learning that things were okay because I was really dogmatic and judgmental. It's not okay that staff get paid. Everybody should be volunteers. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's, some, there's room for all of that. Mm-hmm. People all volunteering and people getting paid mm-hmm. full time. But one of the things that I've yet to experience, man, and it saddens me, and I say sadden like specifically, is worship. Mm. Now, I love music. Mm-hmm. I can't sing a lick, but every time you put a song on, if I know the words, I'm singing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm in the car by myself. Maybe it's a little lo- louder. But if you're in the car with me, I'm going to turn the music up a little louder, but I'm going <laughs> to sing so you can't hear me. Mm-hmm. But I want to sing, right? And when I sing, when I'm in church or if it's worship music anywhere, my posture is, Lord, I'm singing to you. Mm-hmm. But the greatest times of worship that I ever experienced was when, one, I could hear other people singing with me. Mm-hmm. I very rarely have experienced that out here on the streets. Now, listen, mm-hmm. there's churches out here where you can hear people sing, mm-hmm. right? But it just so happens the ones, and I've been to a ton of mm-hmm. them over the years, mm-hmm. Um, where you can't hear them sing because everything's so loud. And I'm not necessarily against loud. I like loud music, but I think there's something sweet mm-hmm. about hearing the congregation together as like one voice, mm-hmm. singing praise unto the Lord, and even simplifying uh, the production. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in church we had we had speakers and we had we had we had some stuff and there was old donated stuff. We had some stuff <laughs> that was good. We didn't really have people that knew how to run it, but we'd have like an acoustic guitar. And sometimes we have a lady come in and play the piano. So we have a piano and a guitar and somebody up front from the outside mm-hmm. that can't sing that good leading us in worship. And man, it, sound, mm-hmm. it sounded great. Yeah, It sounded great. And I felt the spirit of the Lord so strong, so much in prison with mm-hmm. things being so simple. Mm-hmm. You could hear your bride's voice. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, I, I just feel like our I feel like the body of Christ here on the outside, there's a lot of expectations that um, have been put on church to provide again Mm. this excellent worship time. And to me, I would define excellent as stripping away 
all these things that hinder us from mm-hmm. connecting with God and whether that be the loudness of the music, mm-hmm. whether that be how many instruments, whether that be how good or not the person mm-hmm. sings, but excellent would be us locked in, mm-hmm. blocking out distractions and pouring yeah. our heart, heart out to the yeah. Lord. Um, and, and I would say also in singing some songs that have substance, yeah, you know, something sure. that's gospel related. And I know culturally, like you have contemporary Christian songs that have a lot of words. And then in, I know in the black culture, there's worship songs where there's not many words, and a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. And I like both. Mm-hmm. And I think people that don't like both, they're caught up on something that they need to get off their high horse mm-hmm. and they just need to strip this idea away that's in their mind because like it's not a mantra that you're trying to exercise a demon or do anything, but it's just like it's it's getting you into the presence of God. And so I think that we need to be more open to different um, cultural worship mm-hmm. and different ways to worship. But the music, I think the actual music itself needs to be something that's Christ centered. Mm-hmm. You know, and not just sound good and pleasing to the ears, but also think the production of it. Like, I don't think we gain with that. I think we lose with that. Yeah. I remember when I became a Christian, uh, that was one of the things that stood out to me the most about the whole experience was the worship that I saw. Like, if you want, if you want excellent production and sound and all that just go to a concert right go watch something on youtube Mm -hmm. but you can't you can only get people worshiping their god in a meaningful way in church and that really impacts yeah i remember being that stood out to me here are people my age i was in college uh worshiping god and I just, it just blew me away. Yeah. I, I didn't know that that happened so sincerely, and you can hear the voices. Yeah, and one, all of, that. one of the things that kind of happens, not anymore in the church I attend, but it used to, and it's because a couple moved. But I always sit in the same spot, and this other couple did, and the husband always sat behind me. And man, this dude couldn't sing a lick. Mm-hmm. And my fleshly desire was, I need to move. And I was like, you know what? I need to find a beauty in this. And the beauty was, here's a guy, person know if they can't sing or if they can, right? The beauty of a guy that, whether he knows or not, right, he's given to God something yeah. that God gave him. God gave us our voice, yeah. right? And, and he's giving it back to mm-hmm. God the best way he mm-hmm. can. And there's beauty in that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just decided I'm going to discipline myself and I'm going to stay where mm-hmm. I'm at. And I'm going to let... That voice be in my mm-hmm. ears with the rest of everybody else's, and mm-hmm. my posture is going to be, Lord, here's the voice of your people crying out and loving on I love you. That, yeah. and so, you know, it, it. I had to like, I had to get there, mm-hmm. you know, and and the flesh was strong, you know, because mm-hmm. it was bad, and I mm-hmm. wanted to move, but it's like, you know what, man, is I need to find the beauty in this, mm-hmm. and by the grace of God, I was able to get mm-hmm. there. Um, and so I think that I think that happens a lot in mm-hmm. churches. I've experienced it in prison before. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know. So that's a muscle that I I strengthened when I was in mm-hmm. prison. So this wasn't a new thing for me. It just had been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so that goes to my uh, my next one, my second one, okay. and it has to do with uh, embodiment. And in, 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 in your case, like you are accepting that guy's voice, you know, just. Uh, uh, that's the body of Christ. I, I, okay, so by embodiment, this is a pet peeve of mine, and I don't know how well I can articulate this, <laughs> and it's going to come off as if I'm Amish or something. <laughs> but oh, you cut your mustache off. I'm tired of all the, like the screens and technology in church. Okay, like, I'm okay. sick of it. 
I'm tired of it. Like we do everything. And I know that churches had to resort to a lot of this because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they didn't have to. They chose to. So sure. just own that. And they can choose not to at Amen. any moment. Now. Amen, bro. And so like a lot of churches do, there's a moment in the service when like they say, okay, get your phones out and register your attendance or give your offering on your phone. It's like, no, this is church, right? Don't get your phone out. Like you're you're with your phone twenty four seven all week long. Let this be a sacred space yeah. where you're not on the screen because the screen flattens everything. It's the screen is distracting. The screen is about being perfect, yeah. right? It's not about learning how to accept the guy next to you mm-hmm. with the weird voice, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's about embodiment to me. So I think. It, in the church, we need to do. We need to push against this trend to rely on video, to rely on screens, to rely on technology, because technology always separates people from mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. By nature, that's what it does. Yeah. You know, because we have cars now, we can live you know twenty miles away from each other yeah. and and still have a relationship because of this technology. Uh, but so our world already is working against us coming together as a body and accepting each other. Uh, and let's do all we can to just not rely on <laughs> technology and use it as much as we do. It's a just a yeah. big pet peeve I, I, of mine. And, is, and, it, and it's about the word becoming flesh. Okay, this is my last. No, it's about ahead. the word becoming flesh, right? And that's that's the embodiment of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. God became, a, he put a body on. Yeah. Like it's important to him. Yeah. And and we're it seems like. These days we're doing everything we can to reject the body yeah, and, the body off, and to yeah. be absolutely perfect and polished like a perfect Instagram post. And, and it's like, no, we need to be more embodied. We need uh, church to be a five-sensory experience. Mm, okay, I, I like that. Yep. You know, and just to kind of add to that, this isn't one of my points, but it is, it's a pet peeve of mine is I also don't like the tech. Maybe I'm not as against it as you are <laughs> in the service. But I'm definitely against like live stream and yeah. posting a video <laughs> recording later. And yeah. I get it during COVID, like that was th- that was available, and I think it was a good thing. But I think the continue, I well, say maybe. Well, I mean, because churches were closed, like yeah. where, like how's were people gonna get in the word? I mean, they could actually open their Bible, but many of these people don't have a Bible; they use it on their phone, mm-hmm. which is another pet is a pet peeve of mine. But I think that if, you know, just just from a simplistic standpoint in my mind, after COVID has been over and churches are open back mm-hmm. up, I'm not an advocate of church people being able to watch the service because if you give sinners a way out, yeah, they're going to take that way yeah. out, man. And there are so many people I talk to now, brothers and sisters of mine, I believe they're brothers and sisters, that they're not going to mm-hmm. church. Because like, oh, it's so convenient. Mm-hmm. Man, if I would have known this before, I wouldn't have went to church yeah. for years. Gas prices are so high. Man, you know? look. You know, and they're totally missing out yeah. on the fellowship. Yeah. They're missing out on every aspect yeah. of church. It's like you show up at church and the bride is missing some limbs. <laughs> you know, well, you show some up, of her members you show are up gone. to the wedding and there is no bride. Oh, well, yeah, there is <laughs> Just no bride. The, the husband <laughs> standing there like, where, where's the bride? Live screen bride. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're going to get married because like, I'm in that, Portugal. Would that work? No, no. Yeah, no, it ain't going to work. So, yeah. so I think that, you know, and again, there's people that's probably going to listen to this and say, man, these dudes idiots. <laughs> that's cool. We can, yeah. we can be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We probably got some choice words to say about you too but we're not gonna do that we ain't gonna stoop to your level but you know it's like 
I don't think this is driving people to Christ. I think is is driving people away. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I've yeah. heard stories. I watched this church service, and then I went, and now I got saved. You mm-hmm. know what? I'm so sick and tired of the story of I found this Bible in a trash can and I got saved. Yeah. Look, that's great. Don't go throwing Bibles in <laughs> trash cans. You see what I'm saying? Just because you do yeah. something yeah. that that a person got saved, yeah. don't mean you need to keep doing that. Or what if you just you watch an online service from some v- very professional, you know, millions of followers speaker, and it's great. And week after week, but then one day, finally, you say, "Okay, I'm going to show up at this church." And you show up at the church, and you have a bad experience because someone didn't treat you the right way, or or you didn't appreciate this person what they did. And then you say, I'm, I'm never going back again. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's not their fault. Maybe that's your fault. <laughs> maybe that's a yeah. way by what I'm saying is by putting us in a context where there's other people, human beings, we smooth off each other's rough edges. You do it for them. They yeah. do it for you. And you learn how to get along and, and you be, actually become better. Yeah, well, you can't become better. On your couch. Yeah, well, the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake yeah. the assembly of yourself. So we have a command from Scripture that says, don't go. not go. There you go. Go. Yep. And then the Bible also tells us that we need to bear one another's burdens. Yeah. How can I help bear mm-hmm. a burden if I'm detached mm-hmm. from everybody? Mm-hmm. And just because I got some Christian friends and I go to a small group, mm-hmm. like, that's cool. That's not bad. But but this goes right into my number three. Prayer. Okay. Prayer. I mean, if you were done. Yeah, I think I'm done. Prayer and the altar. So something, the, the first thing I learned when I became Another a very physical embodied thing. Yeah. The first thing I learned when yeah. I became a Christian was how to pray. Okay. The the, the person that, that introduced me to Christ, and, and there were several of them, but one main guy, mm-hmm. literally the next day after I got saved, we sat down and we opened up the book of Psalms and we started going through them and we started just praying what was in the Psalms and mm-hmm. then we started praying. And I'm, I'm really, literally, right in the moment, I'm not saying nothing. I'm watching and listening yeah. to these guys. And I'm, I'm like a dry sponge near yeah. water. And I'm not in the water. I'm like trying to figure out how I can throw myself in the water. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, if I'm going to be about this Jesus dude, and I need to learn about yeah. him, and I need to do what he wants me to do. Yeah. And so that impacted my life greatly. And, I, you know, I consider myself, I like to pray. Um, I consider myself, in some regards, a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I miss out here when it comes to prayer is no altar. And what I mean by that is in prison, in the context I was at, and this could be a denomination thing, it could be a, a cultural thing, it could be a geographic thing. Mm-hmm. But when I went to prison, when it was in prison and people, would, volunteers would come in and do services, I would say 90%, if not 100% of them, always had like an altar call. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the get saved yeah, altar yeah, call, yeah. although that was part of it, but it was also in conjunction with, hey, Maybe you already are a Christ follower mm-hmm. and there's a burden that you have. Mm-hmm. Come bring it to the altar and pray. Yeah. And then an invitation, if you see a brother, because it was just guys in there, mm-hmm. um, that's praying, you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to go up there and pray with them, then go up there. Yeah. You know. And so I've been on both ends. That's I've great. been a guy on his knees with tears mm-hmm. in his eyes praying. And then some other guys come and putting their hands mm-hmm. on my shoulders and no doubt praying for me. Mm-hmm. And I've been the guy go put my hand mm-hmm. on the shoulder and pray for somebody. And, man, I can tell you, brother, there is something powerful mm-hmm. that I experienced so many times, man. And I'm talking life transformational things in my life mm-hmm. with fighting against sin. I didn't see necessarily miracles happen. But if, if getting rid of us, if God taking a <laughs> sin away a from you, if that's not a miracle, yeah. then I don't know what yeah. it is. And so... 
I haven't been to a church that has, and I've been to big ones. I've been to little ones. I've mm-hmm. been to young, like hippie type churches. I've been to old church with an average age is like seventy five. Mm-hmm. There's no altar call, and I think mm. there's something sweet about being able to come up front. And you got to get you. It's 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 a little like yeah. nerving, right? Because yeah. you're going up there, and people are watching you, yeah. and they might be thinking about, "Ooh, what's wrong with him, mm-hmm. or what's wrong with her?" They may be judging mm-hmm. you. It don't matter because Jesus ain't just there; He's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But to kind of make a declaration. I'm going up front, mm-hmm. representing, and I'm getting on my knees. I'm laying down this burden mm-hmm. before you, God, and I'm leaving it. Mm-hmm. And Scripture tells us, you know, mm-hmm. to give him our burdens, you know. And so I'm giving my burden mm-hmm. to God, and my I, I want to leave it there, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that prayer now in church is, is, is a joke, honestly, mm-hmm. to me. I mean, for real. Yeah. And I don't mean it's, you know. This this is what I learned. So I was reading this, and mm-hmm. I'll tie this in. I was re- just recently reading this R.C. Sproul book called Saved from What? Yeah. It's a small book, but it is deep. It's a good book. And in one of the chapters, he was talking about prayer, and he, he said prayer isn't about telling, and I'm paraphrasing, prayer is not about telling God, telling God something, because mm-hmm. he already knows. He said prayer is about demonstrating our dependency on mm-hmm. God. And I, you know, mm. that's been like yeah. three, four weeks since I've read it, maybe longer. And that stuck yeah. with me. And I hope yeah. it sticks with me the rest yeah. of my life. And I've been sharing it with all people I come in contact with that are Christians. Mm. Like, I think that's so true. And I never thought about that. Me praying to God is not about telling him something he don't mm. know. It's about demonstrating my dependency on yeah. him. And I think as a church body, when we corporately gather on a Saturday, Sunday, whatever day mm. it is that, that you choose to gather corporately, like, we need to be demonstrating our dependency on God and not just like issuing up flowery, great, maybe theologically mm-hmm. correct words mm-hmm. to sound good because it don't have to sound mm-hmm. good. It can sound crappy, actually. Mm-hmm. But to have humility coupled with pouring our heart mm-hmm. out and just spending time with God and demonstrating as a congregation. And if it takes five minutes to be praying, then it takes five mm-hmm. minutes, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is another pet peeve about the time and everything. But that's not my point here. So so the prayer and the altar, man, and depending on God yeah. and, and making an altar. Yeah. So I love that. I think of Jesus offering his very unpolished prayers. It says that he prayed with loud cries and tears. Mm. Right? What must that have been? But I like what you said, too, because... You get to know other people, too. And you get to know that, oh, so-and-so has a burden. Mm-hmm. He went forward. Yep. And, and whatever it is, but you, you can you can tell he's being authentic. He's being real. Mm-hmm. When you're just in your seats <laughs> on your phones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you can't you can't tell. There's too much anonymity uh, I mean, with that. Anonymity? Yeah, I don't know. Seeing enemies? Right yeah, seeing enemies. <laughs> Yeah. So what's what you got so next? So my uh, I think my third one has to do with uh, has to do with suffering. All okay. right. So I was listening to my friend Mike Stanzek uh, preach a sermon on Acts this past uh, this past Sunday, and he's preaching. Uh, he's like in I don't even know what it was four, chapters fourteen fifteen around there, and he's talking about Paul's missionary journeys. Okay, and he described how Paul went out to these cities in kind of like a, a boomerang shape. And at the end of one of them, um, I forget which city, but he got stoned. They thought to death, right? Mm-hmm. And they drove Paul outside the city. They stoned him. They thought he was dead, but Paul wasn't dead. And so then he, he came back, all right? And, and he decided to walk. 
he, he didn't decide to walk home, but he walked 70 miles to the next city, right? <laughs> yeah. And but what he it was interesting, he did he, he he backtracked, okay? And the point is, Paul went right back to the same cities that just stoned him, to the same places that just caused him all this suffering and hardship, and because Paul thought he realized, oh my, if this happened to me, because I'm a believer. This is going to start happening to all these other believers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I better go back to them, and 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 encourage them and strengthen them in their faith because they're probably getting persecuted just like I am. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really stood out to me was uh, when Mike said that when Paul showed up for the second time in those cities, he showed up wounded, mm. like they could see the scars on his body. Okay. You know, the blows from the stones, the the blood, the bruises. Yeah. They could see that. And can you imagine him coming back, uh, with being wounded, mm. and saying that this is what the Christian experience is, mm. is about? Wow. We're going to have wow. persecution. We're going to we're going to take wow. blows. You yeah. know, sometimes quite literally. Yeah. And you're probably going to be going through what I just went through pretty soon. So let me strengthen you, prepare you, and encourage you for this. Mm. And that's a church that knows how to handle suffering, mm-hmm. and a church that expects suffering, yeah. and a church that welcomes suffering. Uh, not a church that necessarily goes out yeah, looking for it. It's not yeah, seeking. Yeah, and Paul never sought it. Yeah, yeah. And when he had to run, he ran. Yeah. But when he had to stand, he stood. Right. Yeah. And 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 we may you know people may listen to this and say, oh well, the, the churches aren't like that today. You know, we're not stoning each other, and there's no physical persecution in the evangelical church uh, here. And I would argue there is persecution Without still. a doubt. And there, there can is. be. And there can up. be if we stand up. Yeah. And especially in this day and age, what is our persecution? Our persecution these days is being canceled. Cancel culture, that's right. Cancel culture. Yep. You say something about abortion. You say something about transgender. You say something about any of your beliefs in the Bible, right? And you're going to get canceled. You're going to get ridiculed. Yeah. You're going to get protested. You might lose your job. You might, might get arrested. Depending you might on what lose state your you nonprofit status. You, yeah, 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 you might get arrested. You know, so it's 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 very real here, and I think we need to stop backing down from it Amen. and welcome it. And we shouldn't let the government decide how we should worship. Amen. Right? Amen. And yep. we saw that with the lockdowns. Yep. We, we 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 let the government dictate. You know, when when do we need to stand? When do we need to say no? No, we. Um, suffering is a part of the deal, right? Yeah. And I saw, uh, I mm-hmm. guess, another example of this is um, the kinds of people, this is going to get me on my soapbox, Uh-oh, get especially on up, get on up there, the kind of people that we need to, the church needs to defend, right? Okay. Okay. The kind of people that the church needs to stand up for. So uh, I saw this uh, video of, and this is a, a, a secular Psychology, you can just have yeah, your trick, Snickers. Trick, 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 trick. I, I need a Snickers, man. You know, we're going to be here for a minute. But so. you are going to be here for a minute. So I saw a video of uh, Jordan Peterson, okay, on the Pierce Morgan, I think that's his name, show. He's this British guy, and it's on this new show. Great interview. It's like 30 minutes. And, and here's Jordan Peterson, not a dedicated Christian, but he's been known to uh, associate himself with the people that the culture hates right now. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, I guess there's a movie that was made, uh, and I forget what the name of it, and I forget the, the actress who did it, but it was about um, the incel group. Have you heard of incels? Mm-hmm. I-N-C-E-L-S, mm-hmm. all right? 
incels are these young men out there in culture who basically uh, sit at home on the internet playing video games. They're the people, the incels are the people that women reject um, because the, these are guys who can't attract women sexually. Okay. You know, they're these kind of, plus they have all these other sexual issues and they're just this group of men that nobody wants to touch and, and people are observing that they're responding to the lectures of Jordan Peterson and they're starting to get their lives in order in that. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and when he goes and speaks, like these are the guys that show up, they're the ones that support him. So anyways, on this interview, um, the and it's so controversial. The interviewer said, "So would you consider yourself like the leaders of the incels? Then something like that." And I was like, "What's he going to say?" Because anybody in their right mind would say, "No, no these yeah. these guys. I'm not going to associate myself with them." Yeah. It'd be like it'd be like uh, a Democrat uh, wearing a MAGA uh, make Make America Great <laughs> hat yeah. and associating with Trump. Like you would never do that. Yeah. You'd be canceled, killed. But he paused and he said. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? You I know? Like Why not? It's like, and, and his justification for it was someone needs to reach out to them. Someone needs to help them. Yeah. Why not me? Someone needs to care for these young men. Mm. And then my mind went to like Jesus' reputation of being the friend of prostitutes, yeah. drunkards, and sinners. And it's as if Jesus is like, yeah, why not? Someone's yeah. got to go for them. Yeah. Someone's got to do that. And so that and that's part of that goes into the suffering piece for me. It's like who's sticking up for the people in our culture today that everyone hates? Mm. Why not us? Why yeah. not you church? Mm. You know? Wow. We have this big thing against pastors who have fallen and done, done hideous things and we want to disassociate ourselves with them and say no, that's not us. You know? Why not? Yeah, I think there's Why? a lot of risk involved. There is a lot of risk. And a lot of a lot of churches and their staffs they don't want to take risks, you know, because they're too concerned with all of the goings on mm-hmm. of like the other stuff that's really non-essential, you know. And, and that's where, and I think too, a lot of times the outcasts, they don't really have much, they don't bring much to the table, mm-hmm. right? And so how is that going to help my church grow? Mm-hmm. It can put butts in seats, but it ain't putting dollars in the bank yep. account. So we can't grow. And it's giving us a bad reputation. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's messy. Like, I just went and talked to a, a, a mother's son yesterday, and the son's a drug addict, and the mother's a total enabler. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not the greatest place, like, where they live. You know, it's just, it was kind of uncomfortable, but not for me, because I'd have been in places like that a lot in my yeah. life. And it's just like, who's going to be fighting for these people? Mm-hmm. Country talking, kind of backwoods like mm-hmm. the, the the segment of society that a lot of suburbanites in chicago mm-hmm. wouldn't even associate with and don't even want to be around but jesus died for them people yep. so who's gonna be the one that's gonna go minister yeah. to them and it's like why not me? yeah why not i'm nothing like them in a sense mm-hmm. but i'm everything just like them at the same time <laughs> so it's like why yeah. not me yeah and so that's that's yeah. great but I, I love that so I embrace, love that, embrace that suffering that's my third one all right well my fourth one I'm going to say my, my fourth one was something different. I'm going to say that for last. My fourth one is, it goes back to, again, from prison. A lot of my stuff is from that context because that's where I learned how to do church. And it's another powerful thing that I experienced that I very rarely experience here in church mm-hmm. is the testimony. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know there's been times in my life where God has done great things. Mm-hmm. And I learned in church because in actual service, 
there'd be a testimony time. So and the volunteers that came person in, person coming up and sharing. Yep, they would yep. say, "Hey, we got t- we got ten minutes, so we got time for two or three testimonies." Wow. And they'd be like, "Hey, if you up there too long, I'd be like, okay, like wind it down. You know, very informal, not polished, not mm-hmm. perfect, but it's it's getting the point across, right? And the person get to share. So there's mm-hmm. been times I've shared testimonies of things that God and to me a testimony isn't just about how you came to Christ mm-hmm. so just FYI if you're one of those people when you hear the word testimony it's not necessarily a person's story of how they came to Christ it is but it could be anything you know I needed I needed a job and I didn't think I was gonna get a job and all of a sudden in a somewhat miraculous way a job appeared mm-hmm. that's a testimony yeah. and so I've shared many over the years in prison which I've heard feedback that really encouraged people and then I've been on the other end where I've been kind of in a season of life where I'm kind of like not really seeing God as active as I would like, which mm-hmm. is probably my fault. But then hearing another testimony from another person would encourage me to say, you know what, man, that's the same God I serve. You know, yeah. Let me get my head out of the ground or out of my butt and let me start getting back <laughs> right so I can see God move. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's good, I think, for the body of Christ to see God working, mm-hmm. because I think also in our culture and this will even be in a. A theological like um, genre of different beliefs, right? The people mm-hmm. that believe in all the gifts of today, and there's a church that yeah. believes that the gifts aren't necessarily for today. Mm-hmm. The ones that believe they're for today, they're they're saying essentially we don't see miracles because people are lacking in faith. Mm-hmm. That's one thing they would say. Or some some places on the West Coast who will remain remain nameless, <laughs> they actually have a school where they teach you how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that plays out, mm-hmm. but that's an extreme. And then you have over here people just say that stuff is dead, it's over, it can't, and it won't happen. So those would be the two extremes. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that miracles are happening all the time. Yeah, or people that are literally blind seen. I don't know. Maybe somewhere yeah. in the world God does that yeah. for somebody. Or they're missing a limb and a limb grows back miraculously. Can God do that? Yes. Is he doing mm-hmm. it? I'm not I'm not God. You know, I'm not all knowing. So I don't know what's going on all, all over the world. Mm-hmm. I know I don't see it. I've never heard of it happening. I'm not going to put nothing past God, but I'm not going to put God in a box and say, this is mm-hmm. what he's going to do because he's going to do what he's going to do. But what I'm saying is the power of testimony to see people actively working in people's lives mm-hmm. is powerful. Yeah. And I think as a congregation on a, on a Sunday morning, yes, if there's yeah. pastors or whoever staff people that listen or watch this, yes, having it in the service, creating space mm-hmm. for it and taking a risk. That yeah. you'll get some yeah. person that'll go over there three minutes. Yeah, hear from the bride. Hear and, from the bride. And, and be able to say, all right, all right, your three minutes, like wrap it up, wrap yeah. it up. It's okay if it ain't perfect. Yeah. It's okay. And yeah. if you lose people that's coming, they coming for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wasn't of you anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to shake the dust off your feet and don't be concerned <laughs> with them. So I think we need to get back to, yeah. to testimonies and not create a separate space for it, not create a separate service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it in the service. Yeah. So I love it. Testimonies. My fourth one, my fourth one, cultural engagement with issues. Okay. Okay. So there's a, you got a little bit of titles for your stuff. And I, I know, I know there's a, so there's a, maybe a, a, a thought process out there that church is just for like, like the preaching of the church is just for exegeting that or interpreting expounding scripture and that's all we're going to do we're not going to talk about current events mm, okay or as a church we're not going to get involved in current events cultural issues that are happening and i want to challenge that because jesus is lord of your heart and he's lord of the world 
Amen. <laughs> so, so if he's Lord of both, then both are fair ground, right? For us to go and, 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 be, and be engaged with. And this is part of um, embodying our doctrine and, and letting it loose in, in the world around us because our, our doctrine, our beliefs have something to say to current cultural issues. And Amen. It's, it's like, well, I won't say that. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to give pastors a little help, okay? okay. A, right. a little preaching help. Help your brothers out. How about that? So if you say, well, I'm, I'm, I just want to preach the text of the Bible and I don't want to get involved in these cultural issues talking about them. Okay, I'm going to give you a way to, a way to do that, okay? And um, so in an episode, I don't know which episode, I, we gave a, def, a definite of how to share the gospel, mm-hmm. okay? And I said that, you talk about our problem, God's solution, and our response, right? Yeah. Our problem of sin, God's solution of the cross and the spirit and all that. And then our response, our repenting and turning to him. Well, you can apply that same thing to a Bible text when you're preaching through it. And so when you you get to a passage and you read the passage and you say, okay, what was the problem in this passage? And you say, oh, the problem was... It was, was talking about homosexuality. <laughs> that's a little too direct, but yeah. Well, I'm going to say there's okay, a that's also that's true. that okay. Yeah, it's talking about homosexuality or adultery or greed or whatever. But you say that's a problem. And then you zoom out for a second, you know, you pause, and you go to our culture, the modern times, you say, what's our problem like that today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's easy to find then. Very easy. You can, and so then you say, okay, this is a similar problem that we have today. And then you leave it, and then you go back to the text and you say, okay, what was the solution in the text? Like, what was the solution then that that Paul uh, prescribed or that Jesus gave? You know, what was the solution then? And you see what it was. Preach about that. Then you zoom back out to our times and say, okay, what could the solution be based on that today? And then you go back to the text and say, okay, what was the response of the people to the solution that Paul gave? You know, how'd they respond? Mm-hmm. Did they repent? Did they whatever? Yeah. Did they try to stone them? Did they try to? What was the solution? Okay, now let's back up, back out and say, what's the solution today? Mm-hmm. So you can automatically go back and forth and have a very uh, exegetically correct interpretation of the passage. I like that. But then you can also be exegeting our culture as well man. and be very so simple, and be man. very relevant. That's and so simple. It's really it's very effective method with like narratives with the stories in the Bible. But mm-hmm. you can you can do it all over the place. I think so, that's great. That's that I mean that's so more that. I love cultural that. Uh, engagement with issues. And there's so many issues we can engage with today. Yeah, and I think churches be intentionally steering away because they don't want to ruffle no feathers. Yep. It ain't us ruffling feathers, yeah. man. It's the gospel. Yeah. The gospel's offensive. That's what the Bible yep. says, right? It's offensive to tell somebody you wrong and you going yep. to hell. If that don't offend you, something wrong with you. That's true. It's offensive. On purpose. But it's not just offensive. It's also liberating yep. because you can be free of sin yep. and you can be redeemed and reconciled mm-hmm. and you can be made new in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the great part about yeah. it. Because we have these blinders on and... and and we think think that so long as we're sinning, we're free because we're doing what we want. But no, you're in prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the true freedom is coming under the uh, yoke and bondage of Christ. Yeah, we too, we too scared as Christians that we're gonna get canceled, mm-hmm. ostracized, talk bad to all these negative things that can't happen. We too scared, man. When when do we look at the Bible and see the early church people who are going through it from the secular world mm-hmm. but standing tall for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why do we think our lives should be so much different? Yeah. It should be the same. Yeah. 
It definitely should. You know, I, yep. I actually had to wrestle with I that agree. myself because at one point, a handful of years ago, I, I would make the statement: if we're not encountering persecution, we're not living. We're not really living for Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm not as dogmatic with that as I was then, but I'm 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 not too far away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I do feel that if we really are fully living in the freedom that Christ gives us, and if mm-hmm. we're really going out there evangelizing mm-hmm. and sharing the gospel. That we're gonna endure some persecution. Mm-hmm. It may not be being beheaded or being stoned, but it could be somebody that we work with don't talk to us mm-hmm. no more, and that's a form of persecution and a very mm-hmm. light form of mm-hmm. it, you know. But it's because we're afraid, mm-hmm. man. We're it's, afraid, and it's not that we're going out there so people don't hear this. You're, you're not called to go out there and be a jerk. You're yeah. not called to go out there and be mean. Yeah, without you know, a doubt. You're called. We're going out there. To bring the love of Christ to people, yeah, and to help them get free from the things that are 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 holding them in bondage, yeah, because we love people. Yep. So that leads me to yep. my Your fifth, fifth thing, one, which is my big one, and it's what I feel like my I try to make my whole life be about this, and mm-hmm. our ministry that I'm blessed to work in, we're definitely all about it. I'm gonna let you guess what it might be. <laughs> oh no! I give you one hint. It starts with a D. Oh. Discipleship. Discipleship, yeah. man. Like, I feel like that is so yeah. lost in churches. And and it's not lost in that mm. they want to say they're about it and they have a form that they think is it. But they really ain't about it because mm-hmm. the form they have is bogus and they're just in name saying they're about it. But there ain't no actions mm. that's really pushing through it because discipleship ain't being in a small group. Discipleship mm. ain't just it, so. Let me rephrase that. No, no. Discipleship ain't just being in a yeah, small group. Yeah. It's not just being in the Bible study. Yeah. It incorporates those things, but it's so much more. Yeah. There, there are some some guys in the city that mm. I met with the organization um, years ago, and I this is the first time I heard this term "life on life," mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's it. Mm-hmm. That is what discipleship. If you could interchange discipleship with any word or any phrase, I think the best would be life on life." Mm-hmm. And so it was funny yesterday because when I went to go speak to this mother's son, it was actually a resident at a church that I go to who had, was tasked with that. Mm-hmm. But because he knew my background, he asked if I'd be willing to go. And yeah. I said, sure. And so, you know, it's a young guy from another country, was you know raised by missionaries, hmm. but a really good guy, educated guy, you know, in grad school right now, wants to be a church planner. Um, of a multicultural church and I kind of almost felt like and when we first got there I said man it's our first missionary journey it just popped (laughs) in my head and it it just felt so cool like to say that and I'm not trying to knock Paul and Barnabas and all that but but in a sense like we were being missionaries going to these people to to talk to a a drug addict son and an enabling mom and we wanted to share the gospel with them and I didn't know how and when and what exactly mm-hmm. to say, but I'm like, let's go. We'll figure it out mm-hmm. along the way. And so I could tell quickly this guy really was very kind of inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And so I felt in that little segment of time, like here's a time for me to disciple this guy mm-hmm. with me because I've done this stuff a lot wow. in prison and out of prison. It just the Lord has allowed me to be in situations mm-hmm. like that. And I've learned and grown a lot in that over the years. And, you know, afterwards he was just like, man, Man, you on fire. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And so it made me, you know, selfishly, it made me feel good yeah. because it impacted this guy just for that maybe 45 minutes we were there. Like I, I, my prayer, my hope is that, you know, there's at least one or two nuggets 
Um, and there's a couple things we talked about. Like I said, you know, one thing hmm. that we want to make sure we do if we literally making a house call is we want to give these people our undivided attention. So we need not be texting on our phones yeah. over there. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he, you know, he, he took it well, you know, yep. but and I, I said it in love. Um, and I used some times in my past that I wasn't um, as cognizant of what mm-hmm. I how I should be carrying myself doing something like that and somebody had to share some things with me mm-hmm. so I was just paying forward something else that somebody shared yep. with me and um, you know I want to say like by the grace of God it, it was probably you know helpful for this individual mm-hmm. but it felt good to be in a situation like that and and I'm saying all this to say that Christians who mm-hmm. have been Christians any amount of time anybody in your life who may have not been in Christ as long as you, mm-hmm. there's opportunities for discipleship. Now, do I think discipleship is deeper and more than just this experience I had with this young man? Absolutely. But I took it as a time, you know, the Lord brought it to my mm-hmm. mind. Here's a time that maybe, I didn't know, he might have been more experienced than me. Mm-hmm. But definitely it didn't seem like it. And so it was a time for me to kind of step up because mm-hmm. I was really following his lead. But really, as soon as we hit the door, the roles <laughs> reversed. And it was like... And the, and the lady's like, I'll call Shit. you. And I'm like, no, I'll call him. Like, he's got your number. I ain't got nobody's number or nothing, you know. But it was like, it was an opportunity to, like, share the love of Christ and pray for them how I've learned to do mm-hmm. it. And for him to just be in a situation to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that humbly, not like I'm some heck of a discipler or Bible knowledge prayer warrior guy, but but it was a learning experience for me too. You know, I learned some stuff about him that was good, mm-hmm. and he learned some stuff about me. But I think that that needs to be the key, like it, to me, in my opinion, that a church is one of the key roles outside of the things that take place in worship on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. When I say worship, I mean preaching, prayer, uh, the uh, communion, mm-hmm. and actually singing. Like those are all worship to me. Outside in the, you know, I said preaching. Outside of that, mm-hmm. we need to be a training center for the people who are believers in Jesus to disciple them, so that they can go mm-hmm. make disciples. And I don't see. I see sometimes there's programs that churches have, but they're not really discipleship. Yeah. You know, it's a program to really back, like, mm-hmm. get people to come to the church. Actually, going out there and doing it, like you did. Peripateo, that's the Greek word. Those who walk around with Jesus. Oh, okay. Peripateo. You walk around with him. You follow him. That's yeah. what you do. Yep. And so, like, like this guy did with you and you with him, there's so much more growth that can happen. So so you that. know what? I invited him to come live with us. <laughs> you did? I did. Wait, I which one? The drug addict son or the... No, the guy that was with <laughs> the, the guy that was with you. Yeah, I did. You know, and he was yeah. he was excited. I talked wow. to my wife. She's cool with it. I talked wow. to another person living there with us. Is. So I need to talk to a few other people yeah. because of the situation we're yeah. in. But but like, and he was like, man, like that would be great. I'm by myself. You know, it would be good to be mm. around some other people. So, wow. so I'm hoping that I, I haven't told him yet. I'm going to tell him um, today. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, man. Like it just just from that little interaction yeah. is like you know what there there's been and we talked about the dinner table last night like benefit how we all could benefit mm-hmm. from him being with us mm-hmm. and we all came up with multiple ideas of how we all mm-hmm. to be mutual mm-hmm. mutually beneficial for all of us yeah. and it's like you know what why can't other people do that mm-hmm. I know so many people right now that are mid to late fifties who are empty nesters. Their kids mm. have graduated college, in jobs. Most of them married or close to it. Mm. They got these big old houses out here in the suburbs, mm. and they empty. Hmm. Other than just that couple, and yep. I get it. Like it's cool to have a season of life 
with no responsibility mm-hmm. for this responsibility you've had for maybe 20-something mm-hmm. years. Take that season, but let it just be a season. Mm-hmm. And, and a short season, like maybe mm-hmm. a couple months or a yeah. summer. But I mean, like... Don't get out of season. <laughs> you don't, yeah, like there's people, whether out of prison in jail or whether yeah. there's like uh, somebody going to college nearby, Christian college, mm-hmm. or like yeah. disciple. Yep. Disciple, disciple, disciple. Open yep. that home up. See your home as not being yours. Mm-hmm. That's how we see our home. Mm-hmm. This is a ministry place. Yeah. So we got an open door. People want to come to us. If you live in the Chicago land area, if you want to, if you find a place to do a small <laughs> group, let me know. You can do it in our house. We got plenty of room. Like you can go in the fridge, you can cook, you can eat, you can watch. If you just want to come and chill and watch mm-hmm. whatever, listen to music. Like come on over yeah. and chill, man. Like, you know, we got our space that's ours, but all the other spaces, yeah. man, I've got a gym. Come work mm-hmm. out. Come get on the treadmill, lift some weights mm-hmm. if you want to. Come play some PlayStation if you want. Being a disciple is learning how to put into practice what you believe. You know? It's learning how to do that. Uh, I was struck by an idea recently. Okay. We're saved by faith, right? Mm-hmm. We're not saved by believing that we're saved by faith. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And that's an issue that I see, yeah. especially in our evangelical circles that we think think that so long as we have the right doctrine it's like oh i know that i'm saved i know that people are saved by faith okay you can know that yeah. and not be saved yeah, we're absolutely. saved by trusting we're yeah. saved by the peripateo you know we're saved by because we're, we're by we're because we're expressing it by going to the altar we're expressing it by praying you know showing by inviting people into us mm-hmm. you know that it's all it's that whole embodied thing i keep going back to that Amen. um but um so my last one number five number five you can probably guess this one but uh no bs no bs that's my fifth one no bs no no bumper stickers okay i heard another sermon this past sunday from colin smith and at the end of his message on isaiah 53 he started to camp out on this word deceit Okay, and because it says that in in Jesus, there's no deceit in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And he talked about what deceit was in the Bible. And it's it's given like three different contexts. One is the deceit of money and riches. Okay. Okay. Second one is just the deceit of sin in general. Mm -hmm. But then the third area is talking about there's no deceit in the lips of Jesus. And he said, what is deceit? Deceit is... uh, Pretending one thing while covering over another thing. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. that's okay. BS right there. I mean, that's <laughs> what, what we mean by it. Sure, sure. You pretend one thing uh-huh. while at the same time covering over something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I see that so much in my life. You know, I mm. pretend to be one way, but I'm covering over something else I don't want people to see. Mm, wow. I'm pretending one thing but I'm hiding something else. Mm. Now, in Jesus' case, he, he didn't do that. You know, yeah. you saw who he was. And, what you see is what you get. And that's why you can trust him because he'll never say one thing and not come through for you. Yeah. You know, he, he always will. He's, he's a whole, uh, mm. he has integrity. Uh, but, but not so much me and probably not so much the church. And I think, just as I'm calling out myself on this, when I call out the church on this, we need to be a church that isn't full of pretending one thing while hiding something else, yeah. you know, a church with that, we get rid of those bumper but stickers. But if we, but if we put our junk out there as a church, the congregation might start losing faith in us. <laughs> they might start questioning our leadership or questioning our, um, you know, financial responsibility mm-hmm. if 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 we put that stuff out mm-hmm. there. So so how does that work? 
and if um, you continue to deceive, we've we've seen how that works as well. So it's a lose right? lose situation. Yeah. It's being risky yeah. enough to say, "Hey, here's our financial report for the year. Mm-hmm. Here's some issues that we're having at a church. Yep. You know that we're struggling with. Pray for us. Yep. Stand in the gap for us. Intercede yep. for us with God and help us. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect people." Mm-hmm. But when you hide that stuff, that's the image you're giving. Mm-hmm. Shiny, happy people. Yep. You know, up on stage, grinning. We call it skinning and grinning. <laughs> you up there skinning and grinning like everything okay, man, and everything behind the scenes. It's like the iceberg, right? You see the little, yeah, the giant yeah. piece at the top really ain't yeah. giant compared yep. to what's below. Yep. It's yep. the same thing, man. So that's yep. that's that's great. That's great. So no BS, no bumper stickers. Well, man, like right. that's a that's ooh. our top five. That's our top five. Our top ten. I top guess. top ten, which kind of. Really, we're kind of different points. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, was I good. thought we'd have two or three that would yeah. be the same, but it's great. You know, and I think, yeah, I think it was good, man. I, I loved yours. I thought they were really good and uh, definitely necessary for today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, our goal for this is not to hurt, not to harm. Um, we're sharing our own personal experiences and a lot of our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them, I would say, probably aren't as much opinion as they are like biblical or scriptural, although we didn't just give a whole bunch of Bible verses. Um, but again, we want to honor God, what we say and what we do. Uh, we pray that that the things we mentioned um, fall on good soil that mm-hmm. people can see, man, that all, a lot of these things aren't that important. And I want to say this last, and if you want to say something, mm-hmm. you can. Like when I started off and it seemed like it may have been, I was against the church because of them being too big. Um, really, we as congregants in the church, we need to be more gracious to our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ who are in leadership in different roles For in the sure. church, you know, because we oftentimes have an expectation mm-hmm. of them. And if it's not met, we get our mm-hmm. little feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. And we have, oh, an ep- <laughs> we have an episode ooh. about pastors kind of yeah. defending them yeah, yeah. called Things That the Pastor Wishes Congregation Knew. Yeah, it's yeah. episode 39. 39. Look can, at this dude, man. You can, you can go man, back and dude, listen to that one. This dude amazing, man. This dude amazing. <laughs> so we, we, we might need to have a meet and greet. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, man. Well, I want to wish people happy bump day. Happy bump day. That's that's bump day, not hump day. It's Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. And I want to thank the BS crew. We have some faithful BS crew members. Yes, those yes. Are thank you. Those on Patreon who are faithfully supporting us. And if you want to learn more about that, go to our website, bumperstickerfaith.com. Go to the little menu tab that says BS crew. Click on that, and you can see how to become a single life member a double life member supporter or a triple life member so supporter. A, and so here's the thing. We didn't do it last year because we was kind of like fresh and new and I feel like kind of not know what we're doing. Yeah. But now we're entering the season of winter again. Yeah. And we talked, I don't know if we talked on the episode or not, but some swag. So yeah. obviously we got some mugs right here and we got yeah. some bumper stickers, but but like, you know, I like to wear hats in case y'all didn't notice, but I like to wear skull caps too, you know, the winter hats and and hoodies, I like that. We know it's good hoodie <laughs> weather. So, so we want to maybe invest in some of this swag, mm-hmm. this merch. But we're not just investing in it to like buy it and just have it. We want to like maybe you would like mm-hmm. maybe to help us market our BS mm-hmm. Faith um, podcast and our episodes on YouTube. So, if you could send us some feedback to let mm-hmm. us know, that'd be great. In other words, like if we have some hats and some hoodies and maybe T-shirts. Would you guys want to purchase some mm-hmm. of that stuff? They make great stocking stuffers, and they make great <laughs> gifts. 
Not white elephant gifts, though. Yeah. They make great gifts yeah. for family, for friends, and definitely people who are full of BS. They're excellent gifts for I them. I have a, a, a barista at my local coffee shop. Stephanie, shout out to you. She said to me this past week, where can I get a mug? Nice. So there you go. We need to buy Stephanie a mug. Yeah, we do. We need to, be, and and for you, and for our yeah. our BS crew, like we're gonna get, we're gonna get a gift for for you. So we're gonna get a gift for you. We're not asking you necessarily to purchase anything, but we are. But you won't have to do it for yourself because um, we want to get you something as a token of our appreciation, our love for your support. Let me tell you about again about a couple of our BS crew members. All right. um, there's been a couple of them who have like lost a credit card, have something stolen, and but yet they're faithful. And their first reaction is to come back and say, "Wait a minute, how can I yeah, still wow, support?" Wow! And this has been a couple of people. So that's a blessing, right there. That's man. great. Y'all know so, who y'all are. Yep. Shout out to y'all. Thank you so much. So man, we've been on here for a minute now, so we're gonna close <laughs> this thing up. So man, thank you guys for tuning in, yep. for listening, share it with people if you think it adds some value to you. And man, please, it's getting to be winter time, but we still don't want you stepping in no. BS. All right, peace. <laughs> Frozen BS. Frozen BS, yeah. <laughs>